0: Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you'll learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Advisor Content X, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Well, hello, this is Matt Halloran, your host for Top Advisor Marketing. Today, we're going to be talking to Kirk Lowe, founder and uh, president of Tactibrand. And uh, we're going to talk today about the difference between selling versus marketing. So hello, Kirk, how are you doing today, sir? Splendid. Good, good. Well, happy to get going. Well, and it's going to be a good one today because I think uh, financial services professionals really truly need to understand that there is a substantial difference between selling versus marketing. So why don't you uh, walk us through this? Uh, let's let's take this journey together. Yeah, there's
1: there's a big difference between selling and marketing. And I think these days, if you look at, you know, marketing in the 21st century or modern, modern marketing, whatever you want to call it, um, you need to really understand the difference between these two because... We've evolved from a, a, in financial services, from being a, a, a selling selling driven um, f- um, industry to a marketing driven. And mm-hmm. um, the, the conversion between the two isn't happening to the degree it, it can. And I think there's a lot of challenges with that um, that advisors are facing in financial companies. And we want to help try to you know, move people along to developing the, the proper mindset. And it's really about understanding the difference between these two. So there's a great analogy that I'll, that I'll use. And that's the, the analogy is farming versus hunting. Okay. So when you think about, um, uh, hunting, you think about, um, there's a lot of pressure, um, because if you don't, you know, make the kill, you you don't eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into hunting. Um, it can be bloody at times. Um, I guess if that's your successful bullet, um, um, if you, uh, in, in hunting, or in selling, um, there's a lot of, uh, buyer's remorse. So if you get, if you push somebody, um, too hard, mm-hmm. um, they can have buyers remorse and that can be a real problem with uh, client loyalty and your relationship going forward. So it's not necessarily the best way to start a relationship, killing somebody, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> um, uh, you need to be great at it. So if you're not really great at that, um, hunting can be a, obviously a big problem, mm-hmm. you know, or selling, uh, it's very difficult to scale. Uh, so there's a lot of inherent problems with this idea of selling. And and I know there's probably some old school, you know, advisors, insurance agents, what have you listening to us thinking, you know, I got to, I still got to be great at selling, but I'm going to challenge that thinking because I think when you are a great farmer, you don't have to sell. And well, that is, that's a big difference these days.
0: I, I, I agree. And in a lot of the advisors that I've worked with over the years who are younger advisors realize that the sales training that they're Mentors had gotten, you know, even when it comes to Sandler sales training, Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, even some of the Covey stuff, it is very pressure oriented, and I want to get back to this whole idea of, of you know, you have to be really good at it. So I'm from Michigan. There are a lot of hunters here. And uh, if you wing an animal, like if you don't actually take it down, that animal can get mad and cause a lot of problems for you. It's the same thing when you're doing higher pressure sales. If you piss off your client or your prospective client and they don't want to do business with you because you have been so pressured, what happens is you actually create almost like a, a personal referral negative viral marketing. Whereas what you're going to talk about, I think here when it comes to hunting or I'm sorry <clears throat> farming is that changes the entire relationship. Most people who are doing hardcore pressure sales and really doing the hunting thing, they meet the person and then they're trying to close them immediately and that is the antithesis, literally the bizarro world compared to the difference between farming. So jump into farming, explain to our listeners what that means. Yeah, well, I think the mindset
1: is that if if i'm not if I'm not selling, then how do I win new business? And the truth is, is, you win new business by farming, and um, there's a, a, incre- a lot of advantages um, to being great at farming. Um, for starters, it happens 24/7. Um, uh, you're, you're, you know, when you start, um, it's scalable, which is not easy to do with sales. Uh, it's automated, uh, targeted. You can decide who you, who, you know, what you want to plant and um, and what you're going to need and how much you're going to need of it um, to a degree. So, um, it's uh, customer friendly. So you're, you're, farming is meeting people where they're at, not where you're at. So, um, selling is all about you typically. I mean, you, you mind, you mind trick them into thinking it's about, about them, but, um, it's all about you moving through the sales cycle. Um, and so the, you know, far, marketing should be about them. Uh, at least these days it should be. And we'll talk about that. It's about building trust and then, and, you actually have a really good chance of of establishing trust. A trust happens over time. So mark, you know, farming is something that happens over time, doesn't It's not just throwing a seed in there, watering it and then you come, you know, your expectation is that you're going to go um, eat that vegetable in a in a day or a week or whatever whatever it may be. It takes time. Um, but marketing should take time. Good marketing um, happens over time. Um, it's about building a relationship versus um, you know, th- threatening the relationship by, you know, having to push or move people through a cycle quick because in sales, you don't have enough time to spend an hour with somebody each mo- once a month for 12 months. Right. But with marketing, you do have the time. So it's a much different uh, dynamic there. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and it happens about, you know, with farming, you're moving people through, um, you know, tiers, if you will. So you're you're you know, there's like stages. And and each of the stages gets closer to moving them to becoming a trusted um, uh, prospect, somebody who co- completely understands and gets what you do and who you do it for. There's so many amazing things that come out of that when you take your time to do marketing and we do it in tiers, you're slowly moving them, you're building their trust with each tier, moving them closer to becoming a
0: client. Well, and it also gives you the opportunity to build, like you're saying, build that relationship and if you're talking to them and giving them the, the experience as if they're already clients, right? When you do go for the close and I'm air quoting there or converting them to becoming a member of your long-term financial planning family, they already know what it's like, they feel what it's like and and honestly, a good marketing campaign from what we've found and and I put this into action within my own practice here, um you know, I when when there's a person who is interested in in coaching or consulting, I actually coach and consult them, uh, give them an enormous amount of thought leadership like I know you do, Kirk, with kirklow.com and Um We want you to understand what it's like to work with us because then they self-select the 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 ending process is so much easier because they are already acting as if they work with you because you have been that trusted person man if you've ever had a backyard garden which we we have here you know i don't think the plants necessarily know me but i know my plants and i'm able to manipulate my plants in the way to generate me the most fruit just like you can do with this
1: absolutely and but you've got to move everybody through um, a sequence of like what i talked about tiers, so that you're, you're, you're building trust because if you keep sending the same thing over and over, it's not necessarily moving them along the trust. They know you exist. Um, So let me give you an example of that. If you're, if all you do is write blog posts and that's the only way you communicate with them, you're not giving them a chance to experience something more. What if you did a podcast? A podcast would allow them to understand your personality a little bit, your tone, um, how you articulate things. If you're actually as smart, live as you are when you write, you know, little things like that. Um, Or if you've got a video um, or if you've got, you know, maybe you ramp it up a little bit. You've got a white paper Mm -hmm. or you've got a video course. Um, which might be something really simple. And as soon as you say a video course, you know probably a lot of advisors are saying, "Oh my gosh, like I don't have time to build a video course." These guys are crazy. But you know what? Set up some video equipment that you might do a video blog with, mm-hmm. or maybe you do a, a client proposal with, which are really neat ideas for doing video. And then you leverage that. You know what? I I can spend. Uh, I've got uh, this one topic that's usually a webinar, and or I've done seminars in the past, and it's going to be 60 minutes. I'll break it down into. Um, you know, six, 10 minute videos on each of these topics. I'll put it online. I'll give them some resources that they can use, like, you know, to, you know, for budgeting, for, um, you know, different things that I talk about in the videos. And I'll throw, you know, and I'll I'll put it online and I'll, you know, I'll charge them 49 bucks or maybe I'll just give it to them for free, mm-hmm. which is probably a better idea because you want to move people through that. That stuff isn't all that that that, you know, super complicated if you've got resources in place to do it. And what you do is you're moving them along. They start to experience you in a different way. And when you have different things for them to experience, that actually builds trust a lot faster and a lot deeper. And that's what you want to do. You want them to be experiencing you. You hear about experience marketing. This is part of it. You know, how do we how do we get people to move along? And that's what I refer to as tier marketing. And that, that has a huge impact on, on, on their mindset and their perspective. And it's just like you said, when they're done coming through your funnel or they're even if they're in the middle of it, sometimes they have you have you have built a ton of credibility with them. They know you're not going anywhere. They know you're you're perfect for them or they wouldn't be, you know, decided to you know finally join your webinar or come in for a, you know, a uh, you know consultation, whatever uh-huh. it may be, or to meet you for a coffee or whatever it is uh-huh. that you do with them when you first meet with them um, when they do you don't have to sit there and say, well, I'm a CFP or this is my approach or uh-huh. you can just start talking about their life. Right. Like, you know, like you, you know, I, I know you like to call it the presumptive close, which is, I'll gonna always talk to you like you're a client and like, I get you and I'm going to give you value. Like you're a client before you're, you've even thought about being a client. And when I, when I take that presumptive close approach or, uh-huh. um, you know, we can just talk about you. We can, I can show you the things that you do. You were, you know, we were talking just before we got on this call, or you were talking about how when you have a, a prospect that you coach, like a financial top advisor that you might um, coach, you actually coach them mm-hmm. on the call when they say, "I wonder what it's like." You say, "Well, you know, we just, we just been going through for the last half hour." Mm-hmm. You can talk about that a little bit, maybe.
0: Well, I, I do, but I, I want to circle back to something, too, because uh, I'm hearing objections, right? So I deal with this all the time, and I know you do, too, Kirk. So, uh, well, well, how do I know by using this sort of marketing uh, funnel and these steps and the sequence that I'm going to get in front of the right people? This is the difference between farming and hunting is when you're farming, right, you go out and you plant the seeds you want to plant to grow, And Kirk, you've talked a lot about niche marketing, and I know we're going to spend lots of time on these podcasts really narrowing down the niche. But when you're already speaking to the people in the medium they want to be spoken to, which could be writing, memes, blogs, um, video blogs, videos, podcasts, you need to understand that's the difference between marketing in the 21st century and marketing before that. You are not Crazy Larry's used car salesman barking at you at the every commercial break. Because guess what? People forward over the commercial breaks. Everybody now is doing a two-screen experience. They're on Facebook. They're on LinkedIn. They're on Snapchat, Instagram, wherever they are. You need to have your content in the medium in which they want to click on it when it's convenient for them. So you have to create a a plethora or a nice bevy, a basket of content, uh, that walks people through this, this nurture, um, uh, process that Kirk, I want you to spend a little bit of time on that. So you wrote a paper and you've got a video on Kirklow.com about the advisor marketing blueprint. So would you mind taking our listeners through that, please?
1: Yeah. Well, this is a perfect segue. What you're talking about is because, um, advisors, um, I believe are probably pretty confused about what type of marketing to do now. And there's a lot of social media gurus. There's a lot of uh, content marketing gurus. There's a lot of SEO gurus. There's a lot of seminar marketing gurus. There's a lot of, there's webinar marketing gurus. They're all gurus and they're all out there. And they're all what I call silo marketers. And they're, they're, they're the predominant voices that you hear. And I think um, that a lot, you know, there's, there's some of them that have some really good, um, ideas, but when you can't put everything into perspective, and 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 listening to me for the first you know ten minutes of this podcast is probably no different. I've talked about all kinds of ideas in farming and and how, how powerful it can be. There's no perspective. So what I want to talk to you about is is the blueprint. I want to help you understand how how all these things need to unfold in a way that makes sense for you, so that you can actually start to Put things in these buckets. I understand the steps that, you know, the buckets that need to be filled, what they need to be filled with so that you can have a great marketing strategy. So we, I call this the advisor marketing blueprint. I follow it with everybody. I've been building this, this concept for uh, 17 plus years um, at Brand, And um, I love talking about it. And I've never had a client who didn't quickly um, embrace this and understand it. Uh, hey, I just as, want to interject advisor.
0: here. When I first learned about this a couple of years ago, when you and I first started talking and hanging out, this changed my marketing. This absolutely changed the way that I did everything within my practice at Top Advisor Coaching. So, you know, uh, Kirk's going to take a high yeah. level on this, everybody. We need, but a dr- we need a drum roll. Do you have well, a drum roll no, thing I, on your I, machine? I there? don't, but I can do this. Drum roll. Oh okay, so how's that? Was that, that was, close that enough? Hey, dude, that's beautiful. cool. I yes. like that thing. Anyway, so, so here okay, we go. So, let's go. go. Four- parts
1: to the blueprint and, and not necessarily, I use the word uh, blueprint because it's not you know, much different than building a house to a degree. The first thing that you have is attract, and this isn't necessarily the order with which you fulfill the, but this is the order that when you launch, it has to happen. You have to be able to attract people, the right people to whatever it is you're doing, whatever your marketing is. And, this is this is a massive, massive problem, and we're going to talk about this a ton on this podcast, not today, but we're going to talk about it a ton because advisors this is probably one of the biggest things i mean in every stage there's a big thing, but you'll notice uh that's how i I run but um attract you know how do we get eyeballs and how do we get the best eyeballs to our stuff right that's the first thing you got to do. And there's a lot of techniques for that. And Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about those um, a lot on this podcast um, or, you know, top advisor marketing. The second one is intrigue. So when somebody gets to your stuff, how are you going to blow them away with how relevant you are, how different you are, and how much better you are? And the different and better have to be relevant to them, right? So that means it has to be... um, Targeted to the people that you're asking, you're attracting in the first place. That's absolutely critical. So how you're different better has to do with, you know, what you do in your business. What do you do best? Advisors inherently um, don't do a very good job of branding, which is what intrigue is all about. So their story, their brand have to be so compelling that you intrigue them to want to know more. Am I in the right place? You know, what is this guy all about? You know, this, um, I'm going to go on a tangent here. and You can bring me back.
0: All right, I'm prepared.
1: I think referrals, referral marketing in this industry is um, really misunderstood. And I think a lot of the referral coaches out there um, contribute to this. And it's because they have a sales mentality about getting referrals. And I have a marketing mentality about referrals. And I've proven that marketing and referrals um, a lot of the times go hand in hand. So let me give you an example. If if you have a website that, that for most people is the hub of all their marketing, it represents them, the first thing that represents them these days. And if you don't, you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. <laughs> so if if you have Joe, who's your, if you have Joe, Joe, Joe client and and Joe lives beside Frank client, they're not related, even though they have a last name. And Joe is talking to Frank And Joe is thinking, geez, I think Frank would be perfect for Joe advisor. I should name him different. Let's call him Jack advisor.
0: (laughs) Joe and Jack advisor?
1: Joe, Frank, and Jack. There you go. So Joe lives beside Frank. He wants to tell Frank about, oh, my gosh, what's the other guy? Jack. But Jack isn't that interesting on his website. In fact, even though he's really interesting when you get in the office and he does some really good things for Joe, Joe is like, doesn't have any clue how to refer Mm -hmm. um, Jack to Frank. That's right. So what ends up happening is Joe either one doesn't refer because he doesn't know what to say or when he decides to refer, he says something like, well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, Frank, you gotta talk to um, Jack. He, This guy is so trustworthy. Um, He he really has my best interests at heart. He has a comprehensive holistic approach. Um, and, and you start naming off all these things that make him sound exactly like the guy Frank is already working. With. That's right. Guy as in person. So, you know, a couple things are happening here. One is Joe does that one time and realizes Frank doesn't react. And Frank's like, yeah, right. Sure. Sure. Joe, like sounds like exactly like the person I've got. I'm not moving, doing all this work to move laterally. Right. So, um, and or, Frank says, you know what? Sounds great, I'll give him a call. Frank never does because he goes to his website and realizes he's no different. What happens to Joe is he realizes this was, this did not make me look good because people refer to other people because they want to look good. They want to be helpful, they want to look good. It's just the way it is. That's the psychology of it. And well, you there's, know a, that there's well.
0: another piece of the psychology, too, which is a lot of people re- will refer to s- make them feel that their decision was the right decision. And I, I have to take one step back from what you're saying here because uh, you can spend a lot of money learning how to ask for referrals. But not only are you putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, but you're putting the person you're asking for a referral. And I'll give you a perfect example. I worked with an office outside of D.C., and at the end of every single solitary client meeting, they would have a, a yellow pad and they would say, who are your three closest work associates? And they would shut up and wait for you to tell them. Okay, so that you'd get maybe one or two names. Okay, who are your three closest friends at church? That's very salesy, guys. That does that's putting your client on the spot and making them feel uncomfortable instead of making them feel comfortable, warm, loved, trusted, you know, respected, which is why it, you continue to do the farming method, then when you do ask for a referral, they know how to position you just like you're talking about with Joe Jack and Frank in the marketplace, right? if, if I can't explain to you what makes you unique and different, and if I can't tell you or my friends and family why I work with you, you're dead in the water.
1: So let's pay. So there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't work, right? Because Joe didn't, Joe didn't look good doing it. Frank didn't respond. Um, and so Joe might not feel comfortable referring very often, even if he's got a great relationship with, um, Jack. So let's, let's change the, let's change the story. Now let's say Joe is working with, um, with James and James is a client Attacked brand and he owns a business called 50 wealth and he only works with people in their fifties. And he's got a great story about that. I won't get into that now. If Joe goes to Frank and says, who's in his fifties and he says, so for starters, he knows who, James's uh, target audiences, right?
0: Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. And he says, "Look, um, I've been working with James for years now, and he really helped me see how much work I had to do and all the important decisions I had to make when I was in my fifties. You should go listen to his podcast. Uh-huh. What? He has a podcast? Oh, that is so cool. Uh, or actually." Or you could go download one of his white papers. What do you mean? He's got white papers, yeah. One of them's called Five Mistakes You Make in Your Fifties mm-hmm. They he they can't recover from in your sixties. And wait, does
0: he also have video too?
1: Guess what? He has a couple of videos on <laughs> his site too. Ah, absolutely. And on YouTube. Yep. And guess what? He has other papers too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your financial planning best before date. And he's got you know, I think he's got another and well, he's got a checklist, a fifty uh, thirty point checklist. Mm. Uh, for wealth in your fifties. Hmm. So imagine if I go to Frank now and I start offering all kinds of value and then I just shared, um, you know, the, the 50 wealth brand and story, which is pretty darn compelling because Frank is 52. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it, you know, Joe looks like a, a, a champ, he especially does. when Absolutely. he gets these things and you realize James knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. See, Jack might've known what he was talking about too, but Jack didn't take the time to build a brand mm-hmm. To build content marketing, all these kind of things. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. I'm a bit ahead of myself, but this is where I get really frustrated with a referral marketing. is uh, is because it's referral selling, and mm-hmm. it should be referral marketing. When you are great at marketing, you you tee up a referral so wonderfully, and I can tell you some great stories about that. Another time about companies who didn't change anything with us, other than getting content and mm-hmm. a and a story and a better website, and and grew their referrals by four hundred percent. And to way better and, and, and to more ideal prospects. All right. And so circling, stuff,
0: circling yeah. back to this, the, the advisor marketing blueprint, you have the four things. So we've just talked about attracting, yep. you're actually, now you're talking about intriguing and engaging, right? So is that, that's, yeah. that's number two, yeah, and number kinda three, jumped
1: into number three, which yeah. is engage. Good. So attract, intrigue, engage. So engages is, is when, when, um, Joe does that referral or when Joe tweets something about that person, um, you want to get them when they come to your site. You want them to to engage in something that's the point of it. you want them to do something to start experiencing you so it could be uh, watching a podcast, reading a blog post, subscribing to your blog feed or your podcast feed, could be watching that video, could be downloading a paper, could be you know signing up to do a webinar um, and you can see these are kind of tiered so there's some stuff that's really easy zero commitment right reading a blog post, uh listening to a podcast. there's no commitment there. A little more commitment when you say, hey, I want to sign up to the feed or, hey, I want to download your paper. And then and the next level of commitment could be, hey, I've got a course, you know, or, you know, I want to go to your webinar. And then, the, you know, just keep moving them up the tiers. And eventually to the point where they say, what else can I do with this guy? You know, what? I guess I just got to meet with this person. Oh, guess what? They've got this, you know, have a coffee session. That sounds pretty, you know, laid back. I don't have to worry about this guy pulling up a bunch of charts and you know, boring me to death for an hour and a half while I sit there, you know, wondering about what I'm doing next, right? So, um, you know, all kinds of interesting things um, can happen in the engagement section, but you have to be prepared to engage. Engagement is about, you know, having content, um, having valuable content and building a ton of credibility in that phase. So attract brings them to the party. And train, gets them really interested in that you might be the right person for them or not. So go away. You're not right for me. You're 65. I only work with 50 year olds. Um, and then engages about saying, okay, let's start learning, you know, how good, of, how big of an expert am I? What's the stuff you need to be worried about? You know, you know, my target audience, uh, and how can I start moving along the path? Influence is about creating this. That's the fourth stage. And influence is about sucking them into your your vortex.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: is and that and that sounds negative, but it's actually positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is where social media, email, getting published, um, and, and getting them to subscribe to your, you know, when they're subscribed to your when they're subscribed to your newsletter, your blog, your podcast, you just keep feeding them stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is it used to be um you you've heard a lot about um um interruption marketing. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. you phone somebody, uh, you email somebody, you're interrupting them these days. It's 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 uh, a lot of the marketing that would happen in influence isn't an interruption. I don't think email marketing is really considered a, a big uh, interruption, like you know, commercials were and uh, phone, phone calls, calls and things right. like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because people go to their inbox and they're looking for stuff, you are sidetracking them from what they ought to be doing, probably in email, but nonetheless. Um, so You know, influence is about pushing out content and when they're ready to receive it, they will go to those places and get it. The problem is, is that advisors are trying to, they don't have the content and engagement to push out to influence people. So, you know, these silo social media marketers have been coming to this industry for years saying, hey guys, um, you've got, you know, you've got to get out there and do all this marketing. And, you know, use social media, use all, you know, you got to be emailing and these guys are like, well, what do I put out there? Mm-hmm. And so what advisors started putting out there was junk or they're curating other people's stuff and they're That's not right. establishing any credibility. There's or the no way to voice. engage them because
0: all you're doing is pointing them to other people's stuff. Right and or the stuff is too salesy to work. So everybody's failing technical. on social media. Right. right. See, that's the other thing too. You know, it's, it's not your voice. It's too technical. It's way too salesy. It doesn't represent your brand. Uh, and we've talked about this previously, but it also affects your SEO negatively because you're not creating new content, which Google Analytics is always looking for fresh new stuff.
1: Yes. I mean, Google's done a great job of of finding what it, what is truly, Uh, Or organic experts do Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: and so if you're not an organic expert so in other words if you don't have all your own content you don't have a variety of different content and you're not pushing those stuff pretty regularly and you don't have a lot of uh, a lot of channels working because the more channels you have the better SEO you get because that means you're busy sharing this your stuff with the world Mm -hmm. um, then Google doesn't recognize you anymore Mm -hmm. you can't you can't fool Google like you used to be able to and um, there's still, you know, room for SEO experts to help you be better at it. But the best way to be good at SEO is to be a, a, an authentic and original content producer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're going to talk about that a lot, a whole bunch of, yeah. uh, of upcoming podcasts. Yep. Uh, so, so we've got, mm-hmm. so let's go back through this again. Attract, you got to get people to the party. Intrigue, when they come to the party They got to be intrigued. They got to be, you got, your message has to be, uh, has to resonate with them, has to be relevant, different, better. They got to get you right And your, so your story's got to be good. You've got to develop a brand. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You, You absolutely have to do that. And we'll talk a lot about that. That's, you know, kind of my, my core expertise in doing all this, um, engagement. You've got to build credibility. You've got to, Trigger them to start experiencing you and you've got to have levels of engagement and don't worry if you're thinking my gosh These guys are giving us this formula We're gonna talk about the stuff in all of our podcasts We're gonna break down every part of this We're gonna refer back to this blueprint mm-hmm. probably on every single show we ever do mm-hmm. So we're gonna keep reinforcing this right and we're gonna give you we're gonna help you through all the different elements of this and all the things that come up and Sorry, the fourth thing is influence so how do I, once I got people's attention, how do I constantly communicate with them and nurture them? You know, that's another big part that I didn't mention is nurturing. So having email sequences, if they if they download this paper, send them these six emails, you know, to move them along. Mm-hmm. And when they're done, these six sequences, move them to the newsletter or move them to, you know, another sequence. So there's all kinds of interesting things. Those are a little more complex, you know, influence you can get with any of these, you know, steps or stages in the blueprint, you can get more complex but it can also be extremely simple. Mm-hmm. So no matter what your budget is uh, or how many resources you have to put towards marketing, there should be a strategy that you can implement into here. And we're going to talk a lot about that a lot. Um, that good.
0: Yeah. Uh, you just, an epiphany just happened. I don't know if you heard those terrible gears grinding in my old brain, but you know, So we used the analogy of farming versus hunting. I want to use just another very quick analogy, and then we'll wrap up for today. Um, It's like dating versus being a Neanderthal and clubbing your mate over the head. (laughs) Right. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about the four <laughs> steps here. Right. Which, you know, a part of part of dating is attracting somebody, intriguing them to want to go out with you, engaging them in conversation, letting them get to know you and then influence them to, you know, potentially maybe get married or, or take the relationship to the next level. Sales is like a Neanderthal running around on the plains of the Serengeti with a big club, just swinging at people, you know, and knocking somebody out. So we have to evolve much like our dating processes has evolved over the last however many thousand years. So uh, you always say that I'm the king of analogies, and that and that one just popped in. Actually, the Neanderthal thing really popped in because I, I was looking at a picture of you. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. Sorry. You you and you I have are, a perfect you are, head.
1: You're beautiful. Uh, yeah,
0: thanks, I mean. man. I appreciate that. All right. So anything in closing before we wrap up today's uh, podcast?
1: I mean, yeah. You know, this blueprint, you should really mark it on your whiteboard, um, print it out, and... And think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're if you're meeting with your team, or if you've got marketers that are helping you, whether it's website people, SEO people, a writer, you know, whoever's helping you, maybe get some people running Facebook ads, you know, for attraction. There's so many things that are happening inside here. If you can't bring it all back and put it in these buckets and understand the sequencing of it, your marketing is going to be haphazard. You're going to be wasting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of advisors that come to me. Unfortunately, I've just spent 10 on this, I've spent 20 on this, I just spent 40 on this. Yep. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Even if it's 100 on something, that's completely useless. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you know, there's there's another trick to this stuff, too. Sometimes it feels like you can't do all these things, but you can always be building momentum.
0: Yeah,
1: If you're doing something that you can leverage. So if you think, you know what, I can't, I can't worry about attraction now. I don't have any money or time for it. If you have one thing that you can do is start creating content. If you can figure out that you could be building content for a year that you can leverage down the road and it may not be that you know um, that every article an article at 12 months ago is perfect but you could repurpose it and reuse it mm-hmm. for month 13 mm-hmm. there's all kinds of neat things you can do content creating your own content is one of the most important things that you can ever do you know and if you go to kirklow.com you can find out all about that um, you know, there's lots of articles there and uh, that'll help you move along. But, you know, keep coming back to Top Advisor Marketing because we are going to talk about some great stuff um, and we're going to bring on guests from time to time who have, you know, more deep experience um, than, than, than either of us do in certain areas as well.
0: Well, that's, that's a- it. Yeah, thanks, man. And, and that's absolutely fantastic. So this was the first podcast of Top Advisor Marketing. We're going to be doing lots and lots and lots of these. So I'm really excited. Thank you, Kurt, for your time today.
1: Thank you very much. All right. My GQ t- friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. So we will see you guys uh, soon. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day.